0: Yeah. Everybody said, All right, come on, we can do better than that. Everybody said, Amen. All right, all right. I am so glad you're here. You are the spiritual crowd, you're here early. I'm so glad there is something just in my soul and my spirit out of Luke 14 that I just, you know, we'll be getting into that in just a moment. I want you just to come with me. In these few moments that we have together to a dinner feast that Jesus was invited to. We'll get there in just a moment. But I do want to touch just on a couple of really, really important things. Number one is this. If you're with us for the first time here, we are really, really glad that you're here. Or maybe you haven't been in church for a while and you decided, you know, we need to get back. We need to get back to the things that are foundational so so glad you're here and I just want to say out of the gate that you do not have to have all the answers if you have a lot of questions um, just like all of us I don't have all the answers I know God does but we're just sincerely really glad that you're here and my hope and prayer is that we meet God right where he wants us to be amen so I am so excited about next Sunday next Sunday we've been uh, building up for this for the last six months our entire uh, uh, leadership team has been working For Fall Fest. Now Fall Fest is an annual event that we put on here at Mission Christian. Basically what it is after 9 o'clock service and after 11 o'clock service out on the grass area, which I'm so grateful that we have a campus here that we can use for God. And so um, all of the kids are invited, families, even if you don't have kids, it's so much fun. Carnivals, prizes, games, all kinds of stuff for the kids. But I'll tell you what, what I'm real excited about is Texas barbecue, baby. It's so good. We're catering in. It's all free. It's for you. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do, okay? Um, if this is your spiritual home, okay? If you, this, this is my home. This is my place. Um, I just want to ask you, first of all, um, at the conclusion of the service, would you please just pick up a few of these cards? There's enough uh, for you to pick up 10, 20, 30, whatever. And I just want to encourage you, you never know who might be just ready to come to church and meet God. And so these are great invitational pieces. It has all the information, and they look really cool. So that's um, there for you. Also, I'd like you to ask, if you're a member of MVCC right here, I want to ask you to please take the seat back in front of you. Would you please take the Connect card out right now? Come on. Come on, everybody do it. Come on. All right. I got mine. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We need probably about, well, there's about 100 people that every year we ask to volunteer to help, okay, to put this on and the fall fest so i'm going to ask you if this is your spiritual house i'm going to ask you to please put i will help at fall fest please tell me where you need help and then i want you to give this to pastor robert in the back after service so you can if he's not there at that moment you can put it at connection point right there here's why this is so important being a believer in jesus christ isn't just that we believe in jesus but we are all in And so we have opportunity now where the community is coming to us. Last year, there were a thousand people that came to Fall Fest. And that was right at the end of the pandemic. I think we can do better. And it's not just about numbers. It's about people who matter to Jesus Christ. Amen? And so whenever anybody comes over to your house, you wouldn't just have dirty laundry on the floor. You wouldn't have trash that's overflowing. Let the dog run in and out. And the house really doesn't smell nice. And they knock on the door and you say, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Come on in. And it's just a mess, right? You, you wouldn't do that. In the same way, we got people coming to our house. This is our house. This is God's house. But if you're, you know, part of the, the family here, we want to make sure that we're honoring everybody that comes and half of the folks that will be here are going to be here for the first time. And so more than anything else, we want people to feel loved and valued and cherished by God. And part of that is just having a welcoming spirit and having everything really nice and ready for all the families that are going to come and young people. So will you do that, please? And I will tell you this. Say, well, I don't like kids. That's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to serve the carnivals and stuff, but you could, you could be a prayer partner for this. You can maybe get here a little early and just help set up some things. There's all kinds of stuff to do. So um, I really want you to do that. Plus, isn't it just fun when we give back? It's just, it just makes us become more like Jesus. He was always a giver. So I hope that you'll do that. Join in. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you're joining with us online, so glad you're here at the MVCC family online today also. Um, I just want to take a couple of minutes every, uh, about every quarter um, we do kind of a state of the union address meaning i just want you to know where we are as a church family in regards to our finances and our giving i promise you this is not you know if you've been here you know me that we don't i don't pressure anybody this is no guilt or anything i just want to let you know where we're at with our current financial giving and where we want to be and some of the exciting things that i believe god we are on the cusp of good To Great. I really believe that. And what I mean by great is that we are bringing more and more and more and more. We together are bringing more people to faith in Jesus Christ. And we're helping people to grow in their relationship with God. It's a team effort. The pastors, you know, we had honor our pastor Sunday last uh, week, all of our pastors on staff, we got a chance to thank them. I'm so grateful for every one of them, but they don't do all the work. Our hope is to help you to discover your gift, to jump in and serve and be a part of what God is doing. Amen? So I just want to let you know, as far as our finances here, last quarter, I'm sorry, last fiscal year in June, uh, months before that, as a leadership team, we pray and we look at the budget and we look at what we can do for the following year, 2021 and 2022. We, um, Agreed together as a leadership team that 25,400 weekly giving would, would, would set us um, well to do the ministries that are here to help you grow, but also give a little bit of breathing room for some vision and growth for the following year. Our actual weekly giving right now is 23,300. That's where we're at. Um, so I, I say all that to say this we're wanting to expand our children's ministry department. So, God has been so good to us. You know that we've been renovating. I'm so sorry for the bathrooms that are in the parking lot, but um, we'll, get, we'll hopefully, you know. Three weeks, it'll all be done. Our children's department is gonna be completely revamped. It is gonna be so cool. It's gonna be first class and that is all for children. Jesus is the heart of kids and we wanna continue to reach more children. So it's just gonna be fantastic for young people. Also for our student ministries, which is another hop, skip and a jump over behind our children department, we are also renovating our junior high, high school and young adults ministry department under Pastor Zach's leadership. And so we just We have a firm conviction. We have got to reach the generation coming up behind us. If we don't do that well, this is going to become someday just a strip mall in Mission Viejo. And we don't want that to happen. We want the church to be even better in the next 10 years. Amen? So that means we got to be all in with that. We also are on the cusp, I believe, of just breaking through... And a couple more of of staff members that we need here to continue to make the wheel turn to function to equip you to keep following Jesus and reaching more people. So I'm excited about all this. This is not a a bad report. I just want to let you know where we are. Now let me just tell you this. Um, I don't set like financial goals and share that with you and say, look, if we don't reach our goals of X amount of dollars of giving every week, you know, bad on us. We, We don't do that here. But just I've been praying a lot about this over the years and where we are in South County. Listen, I understand I live in the same world that you do. It's really hard right now going to the grocery store, going to the gas pump. You know, unless you have a Tesla, you don't go get gas. But um, I went out to dinner last week, and there was six of us. I happened to just pick up the tab. It was $162 just to go out to dinner, and it, it was P.F. Janks. It was good food. But um, I, I'd say all that to say this. I, I understand that, okay? My wife and I, just personally, I would never ask you to do anything that I and my, our staff, our team, does not do. We have always purposed. God, you are first, And we don't give or not give according to what the economy's doing or what the government's doing. We just have a firm conviction to stand on the foundation of Jesus that God wants the very best, the first fruits right off the top of what he's already given to us. Amen? So I'm just gonna ask you to do this, please. Number one is pray. Would you please pray? Because I really, and I've been praying about this, we we live in South County. I've seen some of the cars that drive up and down Marguerite. Some of them are like $150,000 cars. So I say this, we can bring, we can bring through God's love and through his passion and believing the vision that God gave us. I believe weekly that we can bring in together as a family. And I say that we, this is our church. It's not my church. It's not the staff or the elder team church. This is ours. And I really think we can bring $30,000 a week giving. $30,000 will help us every week to just kind of stretch our legs a little bit and just get over the cusp of the hill. I would say we're just on the cusp of the hill, ready to just go down into this growth spurt, which is what we all want, right? We want the church to grow. We want to continue to grow. 32 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ in the last six months at Mission Christian Church. Currently we have 20 life groups, Uh, and I'm I'm excited about that because life groups are our small groups where we really dig in and start to grow. When we started our, our life group ministry, I think there was about eight or nine groups, so it's almost, you know, it's doubled pretty much, and I'm grateful for that. This, we have more volunteers serving right now. You are volunteering more than we've ever had since I've been here at Mission Christian. I thank God for those things. Here's my thing, as your pastor, I don't want us to just be satisfied and stop. Let's keep going, right? Let's keep moving, and let's just pray about it. Father, we just thank you so much for the morning. Thank you, God, that we have opportunity to learn from you, Jesus. Thank you for the worship team, God, that have these gifts and talents to sing and Play these instruments and and help us to get to a place, God, to hear your voice. God, I pray for conviction today. I pray for hope. I pray, God, for teaching of your Holy Spirit will help us, God, just to be more like you. We pray this together in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open to Luke chapter 14. We're still at that dinner feast we were at last week. Uh, Just a little bit here. a religious a prominent religious leader a pharisee the separatist invited jesus to his home but he did not invite him to his home jesus to his home to seek after what jesus was really speaking about about life change in heaven he invited jesus to trap him and today we're talking out of the text about an attitude of pride or an attitude of humility you with me when um, my wife and I had the privilege of being in Hawaii for six years, um, loved every minute of being there, um, I have uh, kind of a, a favorite few things that I always like to go to in the theater. I'm not a huge theater guy, um, but there is one thing that I love. I love the Phantom of the Opera. There's just something about it It's just captivating. It's passionate. It's just the music is amazing. And I've, I've seen, you know, on television, stuff, but I've never been to a live theater of, of uh, Phantom of the Opera. So my, my wife bought us tickets at the Blaisdell Center in the middle of Waikiki in Hawaii. We were so excited. We waited for weeks. The night finally came. We go into the Blaisdell Center, and I was just hyped up, man. I'm just like, can't wait to see this thing, and we're just so excited. Now we got all dressed up, went out to dinner, then we went to the, you know, the theater. So we walk into this place, and we didn't know as we had our tickets. We'd never been there before, so we didn't know exactly where the seating was. So we asked the usher, could you please tell us where our seats are? And so he um, very quickly moved us towards where our seats were. And the farther that we went back, I, I went further into despair okay because i'm the kind of person like when i go visit a church like on vacation or i'm just you know take some time off or i want to you know visit a church i got to sit near the front that's just me because i'm a little add if i sit in the back and watch what everybody's doing i can't focus so i got to get the full force man of what god is doing that's that's just me i'm the same way man when we go somewhere to a concert or something i just want to catch all of it at the front so he took us i'm not kidding you you can ask my wife this all the way to the back row, and this is at the Neil Blaisdell um, a Concert Hall. There's probably five, six thousand seats there, and right where we were sitting, there was the ceiling about ten feet in front of us had gotten to a, went to about eight feet. If you stepped out another twenty feet, you, it was it was like this. It was just the ceiling was just it was high. I'm already short, so I'm like under this. Area, I could not only could I not see, I could barely hear what was going on. And so I am watching this whole thing happening. I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to be honest. I was watching, especially during intermission, when people got up out of their seats. There's got to be two seats right up near the front. There's got to be. Come on, Laura, let's do it. She's like, no, I'm not going up there. The whole time I watched the thing, I could not enjoy it. I was so restless. I was so discontent. I wanted what I wanted. I couldn't enjoy myself. Pride. What I wanted. Why couldn't I just be thankful to be there? That same year, we God spoke to us about taking some high school students to the um, Samoan Islands to do a vacation Bible school for kids. So we spent an entire two weeks there, and as we did, uh, just met the people, stayed in their village, um, taught the kids about Jesus, and played games with them, and just build some friendships to let them know that the love of God is real for them. I I remember when we were at the airport leaving, we were so tired and so exhausted, just long days. When we got to the airport at the terminal in Samoa to come back to Hawaii, um, the ticket taker at the terminal um, had all my, I had 15 tickets there for our group, want to make sure, you know, all the sheep are in line, everybody's there, got to get back home. And so um, as we're there, he looked at the tickets and he says, what are you guys doing here? Um, obviously, we look different than in Samoa. He says, What are you doing? He says, Well, we came down for two weeks to serve kids and do this vacation Bible school and da, 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 da. He says, Really? He says, um, Hold on just a moment. So he leaves. About six minutes later, he comes back and we're all still waiting. You know, we, that's just, we're tired. We just want to get back to Hawaii. So he comes back and he says, um, Sir, we'd like to change your tickets. I said, Oh, what does that mean? He says, We're going to upgrade your entire group to first class. And I tell you, I have never flown first class before. So I, I'm like, okay, that means you know the front air. I had no cushioned, double-sized cushioned seats, leather seats, heaters, air conditioning in the chairs. You get your own screen. This is back you know, in the late 90s. You get your own screen, a choice of 24 movies all the way home. They gave you this little gift thing, this gift packet of shaving cream. and sh- I don't know why they give you shaving cream. They gave us all this stuff unlimited supply of pretzels and peanuts all the way home Whoa, we're in now i can enjoy all that because i didn't expect it i was willing to sit in the back of the plane but in that moment of being upgraded you can experience the joy and the excitement of just being in this most incredible place you got that are you with me I think for a lot of us, we are striving for I, me, to always have the front seat of everything. And, and I think what happens is we miss the value of Jesus's kingdom when we're not willing to just humble ourselves to be content with what God gave us. Does that make sense? My, my mentor, my pastor, when we were in Hawaii... Um, We were there for two weeks, unpacking all of our stuff. So glad to be in Hawaii, so excited. And as I was a youth pastor there, working with high school and and junior high and college age, um, I had in my mind an idea of what I wanted to do there. We had been to school. My wife and I had been to Bible college for four years. We had served, you know, volunteered in youth ministry. So we're going to come to Hawaii and teach these kids about Jesus. We're going to teach them what it means to be a Christian, a true follower of Jesus Christ. And we were going to do it. My pastor brought me into his office came out from behind his desk sat down right next to me knee to knee eye to eye toe to toe and he said this you must say have the same attitude as Christ Jesus though he was god he did not consider equality with god something to be grasped instead he gave up his divine privileges he took the humble position of a servant and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And then he said this. He said, Mike, if you choose to humble yourself before the Polynesian people, their lifestyle is different. They do things differently. Their culture is different from where we came from in South County. If you choose to humble yourself before them, you will find the secret of true discipleship. And I never forgot that. I'm so glad that he took the time to disciple me and give me truth rather than, well, I don't really want to hurt his feelings. I, I really don't want to rattle the boat. Don't want to be a boat rocker. Jesus said in Matthew 11:29, 29, learn from me. I am gentle and humble of heart. And here's the last thing my pastor told me. You go First what do you mean he says god went first when he sent his very best jesus he humbled himself laid himself down to save you and he called you to serve him this is a privilege so now i want you to go first and humble yourself before the people here at island family christian church you know, we live in a world where there's a lot of pride, a lot of arrogance. And I want to be honest with you. When I was preparing this in the last you know, few moments that we have for the message, I really struggled with how do I teach on humility? I'd rather, I'm honest, if I see humility, oh, I can learn a whole lot. So I, I, I wanted to get into the text and I really want us to look to Jesus and how he chose to humble himself and what that means for us as followers of Christ. Self-confidence, self-achievement, self-promotion, self-ease. I mean, how many pictures of ourselves do we meet standing in the bathroom? Do you know how lonely you gotta be to take a selfie? I was thinking about that. My father always taught me, he says, be very careful of people who always talk about themselves let's talk about what humility is not humility is not putting yourself down humility is humility is not degrading yourself it's not seeing yourself as a doormat thinking that you're less than humility is not thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less does that make sense hence let's climb into the pages luke chapter 14 if you have your bibles and if not it's okay we'll have the scripture right up here in just a moment but as i mentioned before jesus was invited to come to this dinner but he wasn't invited to have this joyous time and have a lot of questions about god and could you tell us about the kingdom of god and the series that we're doing this week this next few weeks is what if what if we really lived out the kingdom what if my attitude really was in my marriage more like Jesus? What if my attitude at the workplace? What if my attitude in class, at school? What if my friendships were characterized and dominated by an attitude of humility? How would that be different? In Matthew chapter 15 verse 14, Jesus had some really harsh words for the religious leaders. These are the people that remember they had all the flowing robes that they wagged their spiritual finger at everybody else, but Jesus Jesus talked square to these folks because he wanted so much for them to repent. And so he said these words to them, you are blind guides. And when Jesus called them blind guides, he was saying, you are deceiving the people of God so they can't get to me. They they don't see me, that I am the Messiah, I am God's son, here to save them, not from the Roman government. I'm here to save their soul. I'm here to transform their life. And because of you and your extra rules and your religiosity, you are keeping people from me. Shame on you! He's saying you are blind guides. He also called them hypocrites. A hypocrite is somebody who intentionally lives one way and says another. A hypocrite is not someone who makes mistakes and fall back. We all make mistakes. We all fall backwards in our walk with Jesus, but a hypocrite is somebody that's intentionally doing that, and these folks were intentionally deceiving other people. It got so bad that they would take a little lamb from a family that came once a year to Passover to offer as a sacrifice. They would Routinely take that little lamb back and say that they sacrificed it, but they wouldn't. And hours later, they would bring that lamb back out for another family and resell it and make more money. They were making money off the people of God. It's horrible. He also called them in Matthew 23, you whitewashed tombs. You clean the outside of the cup. But the inside is so dirty. Don't, don't show me how outside, don't give me praise the Lord, love you, God, give my money to God. I've been to church every Sunday, I've been baptized 52 times, got my baptism certificate. Don't give me all that. Give me your heart. I'm concerned more about the inside of what's going on inside of you than the plastic, phony, fake faith that you are living. I know those are harsh words, but I got to tell you, I'd rather hear truth from Jesus. I don't need candy-coated Christianity. I don't need a soft serve Christianity. I want truth. Give me truth in love. Give me truth in compassion so that I can follow Jesus. Proverbs 8.13 says, I hate, God said this, I hate pride and arrogance. I hate it. I don't hate people who are prideful. I hate the attitude of someone when they are all about them and they make everything about them and they are arrogant and they put themselves up in the prominent place. Proverbs 29 23 says, Pride ends in humiliation, but humility brings honor. James 4 6 God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. When Jesus walked in to the dinner, we're getting ready to go into the dinner now, right? Jesus walks into this home and the tables were kind of a U-shaped and they were low to the ground. The person of prominence would sit at the head of the table and then those people that came in first would get to sit close to the person that was at the head of the table. Does that make sense? So Jesus sits at the head and everybody, of course, wants to sit next to him. I want you to see people running into the house and trying to find the best seat. Now let's read the text together here, starting in verse seven. When he noticed how the guests The guests were Jewish. They were supposed to be following God and honoring humility. But when he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat then humiliated you will have to take the least important place but when you are invited pastor mike you couldn't relax and enjoy the moment because all you wanted was the place of prominence at the phantom of the opera but because you were humble and you were acting with your team of unassuming i moved you up to first class we get that are you with me still this morning okay all right But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to first class, to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalted themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said this to the host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not just invite your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives, your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you'll be repaid at the resurrection of The righteous this is such good teaching isn't jesus give us he gives us good teaching this morning the parables by the way these parables earthly story with a heavenly meaning these are not meant to like dig down into the greek we got to get into the hebrew we really got to study 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 they're meant to be very light stories with a deep truth and practical very very practical so it's very simple we could read this once and figure this out oh this makes sense to me when i go in someplace that means i'm not going to be make it all about me i'm going to be humble i'm going to be the person that's willing to take the back seat And if they move me up to the front seat This is just an analogy of anything in life I'm so grateful And when they move me up to the front seat People will not be Hey, how come he gets the front seat? Because I didn't push my way in I wasn't prideful about where I wanted to be Does that make sense? It's so simple What about pride? What does it really mean? Pride looks down on a lower class person Pride boasts of their own desires And pride keeps us from seeking God and I think the most difficult thing about this is choosing to humble oneself brings God's favor. How many here want God's favor on your life? I th- I want that more than anything else. I'll tell you, everything we do here at Mission Vale Christian, I th- the one thing we want, I'm grateful for what we have, but we've got to have the presence of God. We have to have his presence in everything that we do. That is the most important thing. And after just you know, walking with Jesus for just over 30 years now, I am more convinced than ever before. God is attracted to humility. He is looking for a husband. He's looking for a wife. He's looking for a young person. He's looking for someone. He's looking for a small group, a life group. He's looking for a church, a group of people that were willing to humble themselves before God. And there God lands on us with his presence, and that becomes so attractive, God ex- actually explodes with his presence in a community, and we see a great revival come. Does that make sense? That's what I want more than anything else, man. More than anything else, I just want more of Jesus. Now, I opened up by saying, I really don't know how to teach this. I I can see it in my senior pastor. I saw it. I saw him humble himself, and therefore I could emulate him. The apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So we are are those that are encouraged for one another when we live a humble life, when we choose humility, when we really don't want to. Can we just be brass tacks about it? Can we just be honest and real and authentic? There are some moments I don't want to humble myself. You got me. I'm going to get you. I saw what you did, and you don't know what I saw what you did. And therefore, I am going to get you. I saw that you tried to trap me. I saw that you tried to make me look bad. I saw the scheming, and I'm, I'm going to get you. Are anybody with me? Amen. That's when we have to dig in through the power of the Holy Spirit and say, no, I'm not going down that road. I'm going to choose humility. What does it look like? John the Baptist was a guy... He was a fiery-eyed guy who went out to the wilderness and started preaching the good news of the gospel. He started talking about the kingdom of God. He grew up in the Palestinian area for one purpose. He's the only one in the scripture that I know of that it says in the Bible, from birth, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was already called by God from the moment of conception to do something great for God. In fact, Jesus called him the greatest of all. All the prophets, from Genesis all the way to Malachi, he was the greatest of all the prophets. I often ask myself, why? Did he speak with great oratory abilities? Did, Did he have lots of money? Did he have the nice clothes? I believe for two reasons. John the Baptist lived out the message. He lived his message. And I think the second reason that John the Baptist was called the greatest, the greatest of all the prophets, He had the privilege of announcing the King of kings and Lord of lords was now born into the world to save all of humanity. I want you to think about this for a second. Your act of humility is not just for this moment. It is to the generations ahead of you. Our kids are watching us. If you're a grandparent, our grandchildren are watching us. Our husband, our wife, our friends, they're watching us. It's not just about us. A small act of humility before your wife, before your family members can do mounds of great for the kingdom of god people aren't looking for another sermon otherwise this place would be packed with people people are actually discouraged over the last decade of coming to a place like this but unless they see someone who lives out the kingdom those of us who call ourselves christians unless they see it they'll never come that's why man it's so important yes we want to get revved up yes i want to get be I i want to learn the word of god i want to worship god i want to fill up spiritually so I can go out and live the kingdom of God during the week so that more people will see Jesus Christ. It is the greatest gift. Aren't you glad you have Jesus Christ? Somebody shared with you. Someone was willing to get out of their comfort zone and share the good news of Jesus Christ with you, and God did not want us to just shut it down and say, well, I'm so glad I'm saved. He wants our hearts to break for people. Every single person in that dinner banquet, every single person, even though they were highly religious and they were all about them and God knew that their destiny was not good unless they repented. He still loved every single one of them. That's why he was there. I gotta be honest with you, I wouldn't have been there. If I knew there was someone that was gonna trap me or a group of people, I'm not going. Why would I wanna go into the lion's den? I'm not going in there. I'll go somewhere else where there's fruit. Jesus goes right into the lion's den. Why? because he loves every single person, every single one, regardless of race, color, economic status, where we've been, where we're going, God loves every single one. And I don't know who maybe needs to hear that today. I certainly need to be reminded that God loves me. He loves you right where you are. He doesn't love you as you should be. He doesn't love you as you ought to be. He loves you right where you are. And we really let that sink down into the heart. It changes life. It changes motivation. It makes me want to follow Jesus. Micah 6.8. If, if you're taking some notes, this is, this is a wonderful verse. Oh, people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what is required of you to do right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. He will lift you up. Wait a second. I thought God wanted me to stay low. What do you mean lift me up? You know, something struck me this week as I was preparing this. God wants to lift every single one of you up so that you can help others to get up where you are. It's not to push anybody down. It's to lift and encourage other people to come where God is, where you are. That makes sense to me now. It's not exalt us so that we can be seen. It's just exalt Christ in me so others can be lifted up to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. I don't know about you, man, but sometimes I get beat up by the world pretty badly during the week. I can be slapped upside by the enemy just in some bad choices that I make. And I need brothers in my life who are going to encourage me, stand around me, tell me that it's not that bad, tell me I'm praying for you, and and just stand with me. Even when I make mistakes, I don't need to come to a place like this and always be told I'm a stinking, rotten sinner. I already know that. What I need is how do I get out of that? And Christ is our hope. He is our glory. If we just follow him and walked in the victory of Jesus Christ's cross, we'd be fine, what attracts the presence of god humility so what do we do out of all this i just want to give you some action points and then i'll get out of your way number one is this i want you to understand what humility is i really want you to understand what humility is when you leave here today it's not thinking less of us it's thinking of ourselves less when jesus and john chapter 11 was on his way to jerusalem it was a four-day journey Lazarus and Mary and Martha were close friends of Jesus in the little town of Bethany. Lazarus had passed away. Martha comes, Mary comes running after Jesus. It took her hours to get there, and when she caught up to Jesus in the dust of that moment, she said, you could have been here. You should have been here. If you were here, you could have saved my brother. You could have fixed this. You could have saved his life. Ever been there with God? God, if you just could have, why didn't you? Or I could have done something. And I love what Jesus stopped everything he was doing. He turned around, and he went back to the town of Bethany. He humbled himself to go back to a place where there was pain and grief and sorrow. And here's, here's the thing I love about Jesus. He doesn't just say, well, I have sympathy. He, he climbs into our grief. When it says he stood before the tomb of Lazarus, who had already been dead for days but he was going to heal him he was going to resurrect him in this moment the shortest verse in all the Bible is only two words Jesus wept, he cried God of the universe cries over the pain of death and our sorrow why? not because he just shows us humility he is humble that's how I want to be That's who I want to follow. Amen, church? Number two is this. I want you to try something. Maybe this is your practice, or maybe maybe you got out of the practice, but I want to ask you to physically kneel before the Lord this week. I I want you to find a quiet place, wherever, just you and the Lord. And there's, there's something about kneeling physically before God. It just centers down my heart. It puts me in a place where, God, you're everything, and I'm so glad that you're meeting me in this moment. I, I really want to ask to, you know, you don't have to do this, but it's good once in a while to be in a place where we're reminded of what we do that, God, I just want to be humble. I want you to think about this, and I'm, I'm with you in all this. I haven't got all this wired. I'm still working on it, but I want us to choose to be humble, humble ourselves with others throughout the day. And then look to the needs of someone else. Hey, let me take out your trash today. I'll pick up the tab. Let me open the door. Why don't you come over to our place? We have an extra room. There was someone in our church who I happened to just stop by just to visit. Wanted to see someone who hadn't been here for uh, years. Just a dear, dear friend um, to our family. And I heard that he was in the United States, so I stopped over. And I walked in the house husband and wife, they're members here of our family, and they just were so gracious and so kind. He says, I got a bone to pick with you. I said, what? What do I do now? He says, in your sermon, you said that we should open up our house and be hospitable, and now I got a guy living in my house. (laughs) I said, isn't that great? God is so good, and they get blessed. They get blessed. It's just choosing to do What god is prompting us to do there's no pressure there's no quota there's no no expectation of numbers it's just in the moment doing what jesus calls us to do in a crowded gathering next time you're with a lot of people i want you to think about this where would jesus sit when you drive into a parking lot it's full we're getting into the christmas season now where would jesus park When you're at work, maybe to your supervisor or co-workers, is there anything anybody needs here today? Can I do anything to help you? Before you leave, is there anything that you need today? Is there anything I can do before I go? I just want to thank you so much for providing. I get a paycheck every two weeks from you, every month or whatever. I'm just so thankful I have a job. Thank you so much. You see that we are not humble by nature but we can choose humility and choosing humility helps us then to get into a mode of being humble does that make sense i just close with this and then we'll be done when we worked in youth ministry served with youth um my favorite age group is junior high i love junior high i know you think maybe i'm crazy for this but i just love junior high kids so we um heard this about a junior high camp if you've ever been to junior high camp with over like 250 junior high kids it is just uh, all i can say is they're pre-people they're not quite people yet you have to kind of peel them off the walls you know but i love i just love junior high so anyway they at this week-long camp they have um uh worship twice a day they have speakers and just it's all about focusing on god for a week they get away from social media and all the distractions of the world which i'm always advocating send your kids to christian camp because they meet god in these places so um there was one kid there named Robbie. He grew up in a Christian home, Christian family, loved the Lord. Um, Robbie had a couple of learning disabilities. And he was counsel- the parents were counseled um, that you should put your son in a special school. And that's good for some students, but there was a conviction in the parent's heart that Robbie needed to be in just a a public school system for the reasons that they had convictions from God. And they said, we appreciate that, but we want Robbie to be in a a public school. So he did that, and he was always being teased and always um, being bullied and just really, really sad. You know, as much as I love junior high kids, they can also be really, really cruel because they just haven't figured things out yet. So it was a week of camp. Robbie was up there, and um, there were three other boys that bullied him the entire week. I mean, just stuff, like calling him names. When he got up from the cafeteria, they'd steal steal the food and put it somewhere and he didn't have any food there. Um, Put shaving cream and and stuff in his shoes at night and just always calling him names. And I'll tell you the worst thing is Robbie had um, kind of a a deformed... I'm not quite sure exactly what the disease was, but his arm was kind of curled in and deformed, and he talked sometimes with a stutter. And so... um, the three kids would come up behind him when he was, Robbie was going to the craft area to do a craft that day and they would say things like, Which way is the c- c- craft store, r- 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 Robbie? How was how- how your food at l- 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 lunchtime?" time? We never retaliated. Until the second to the last night of camp Which was decision night They were going to ask the kids who were there Who were lost, who didn't have faith in Jesus To accept Jesus that night And the dean of the camp brought in the best speakers The best worship I mean it was, it was first class everything Hardly any kids that week accepted Jesus It was testimony night And kids could come up And just for a minute talk about what Jesus did in their life that week Robbie comes up I want you to see this with me 250 junior high kids. Some of them are, you know, throwing things, poking each other, talking, stuff going on. Robbie comes up to the microphone and everything gets quiet and he says this I, 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 I l- l- love j I j- love j- Jesus and j- 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 Jesus loves you. All of a sudden, three kids in the back, the three boys stood up, tears streaming down their cheeks, walked to the front and give their lives to Jesus that night. Because one person, one person didn't say they were Christian. He lived it. Father, I thank you that the picture is so crystal clear of where you want us to be, God. I thank you so much, God, that you do not condemn us, that God, you do not judge us, that you've given us grace and mercy in our time of need. And God, you know our heart here at MVCC. We want so much for the people in our city to know you, God. And I just pray that for us here at MVCC Family, that you will give us a heart to be able to choose humility, Lord, in our marriages, our family, with our kids, at work, with school, with friends, even with our brothers and sisters here in Christ. And this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the only thing I can think of when I think of communion time and then we just offer a few minutes here for you to really connect with Jesus at communion. And so in the seat back in front of you, you'll see a small um, container with juice and there's some bread. And I just want to ask you to just quietly, if you wish, you don't have to do this. We just invite you to do this. And Jesus said, I want you to remember me. Do you remember that in the upper room in the Gospel of John? I want you guys to remember me because I'm, I'm leaving. And so I'm, I'm giving you something physical so that you'll remember me. But he didn't just do that. Jesus got down on his hands and knees and he washed their feet. That's the one that I want to follow. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you here and we'll see you next time.